you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Hey, man, it's sure good to see you guys. Praise God. Been getting warm outside. Does it feel good out there? Hey, man, I'm just I'm glad you're here today because I, I know some people, what they would have done today is, well, my alarm clock, I didn't set my alarm clock back, which you know is a lie because we all have telephones now, and they automatically change. Praise God. Who? Telephones. Where's security? <laughs> we put on the list those should, who should be watched during service. And that includes my wife, unfortunately. So anyway, let's get back to the sermon. Phones, cell phones, I don't care what you call them. That little thing, you go ring a ding, 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 ding. As Armando said, do me a favor. In your chair today, there's a little card. Uh, Easter is only a month away. And what we want you to do for Easter is this. Invite some friends to come. Not someone that goes to a church, not someone that serves in another church, not someone that's a part of a church. We want you to invite a friend or a family member, a co-worker or a neighbor, someone that doesn't have a church, and we want you to invite them to come to our Easter service. Listen, it's going to change their life. Two services on Friday night, four services on Sunday. It's going to be amazing. We've got a great production plan for you guys. You don't want to miss it. We've got great things for the kids. They're going to have an Easter egg hunt that day, moon bounces, everything. They're going to have a good time. In fact, I'm afraid some of you may want to go out with the kids. You can't. You can't. You've got to come in here with us. But it's going to be a great day. But what I'm believing, what I'm hoping for, if there's any time of the year that you can get someone to come to church with you, it's on Easter. Easter Sunday is when most of the time someone will come. You know, 82% of those invited to church by a friend, family member, or co-worker will go if just ask. So if you'll get them here, your invitation may change their eternal destination. Because if you'll get them here, I'll tell them about Jesus and his resurrecting power. And that they are loved and can be redeemed and God can change their life forever if you will just get them here for our service. Now, as Armando said, do us a favor. Fill out those names. There's five names. Fill them out. Now, we want you to bring them into the service. Put them right here on this this, uh, stage. Why? Because we want to pray. The staff's going to get together. And every week when we come and you bring those cards, we're going to take those cards, we're going to pray, and we're going to intercede that their hearts be prepared and ready that when that invite comes, they're going to come to church. Amen. Because you know if you get them here, if they hear me preach, (laughs) they're done. They're done. Have you ever heard of John A. Walker? Have you ever heard of John A. Walker? If you raise your hand, you're probably lying, so shut up. John A. Walker was a man that had kind of a rough childhood. His father was an alcoholic. Played very heavily on him, and while in high school, he ended up getting in trouble for burglary. Quit high school, and they gave him a choice. You can either go to prison, or you can 
go to the Navy. And he chose the Navy. So in 1955, he went into the Navy. And actually did very well in the Navy. Sometime around in the late six or in the early 60s, he became a U.S. Navy communication director and code reader. But in 1967, John Walker would walk into a Soviet embassy and offer to sell them classified, top secret information. John Walker would go on to get his best friend involved. He would go on to get his brother involved and eventually even got his own son involved in this espionage. And from 1967 to 1985, he got away with it. Now, something happened though. As John had portrayed our country and sold our secrets, something would happen to John. In 1985, John would, well, get a divorce. And John, being greedy as he was, refused to pay alimony to his wife. So John's wife decided to reveal what John had been doing for the last 20 years, and John went on to be in federal prison for the rest of his life. That's just a whole story portrayal, is it not? John A. Walker portraying the government, and John A. Walker being portrayed by his wife, which we're glad she did. Betrayal. Today I'm going to talk to you about, you know, we've been talking about the last few weeks about what happened on Holy Week, Sunday, Monday. Today we'll talk about Tuesday. For some reason when I start saying that, I want to quote the Godfather. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Anybody know the movie? Do I have, is, that, is my accent correct at all? Monday, Tuesday, shut up. If you begin to follow the story, what happened on that Tuesday, we find out that, in essence, uh, Jesus would go back to Jerusalem. On his way, he would pass that wither fig tree. Remember, I talked about the fig tree that he had cursed. Jesus would pass the thither wig, I mean, the withered fig tree. And another thing that would happen on this Tuesday is what they call the Olivet Disclosure. In other words, that's where Jesus would begin to talk about the last days and what would take place before his return. We also know that from there that Jesus would do what we call the, the woes on Matthew 23, the, the woes to his enemies. Then he would go back to Bethany. Now there's one thing that I left out and it's betrayal. In fact, if you'll look with me today and Matthew chapter 26, verse 14. I, I want to share a verse with you about betrayal. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me? Sound familiar? Sounds like John Walker walking into the Soviet Union, into the enemy's camp. We right now see here we go, Judas walking into the enemy's camp. What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Keep this in mind. What is your soul worth? What is your relationship with God worth? What are you willing to give away? This is what it says here. And they continue to count out him 30 pieces of silver. So from that time, 
He sought opportunity to portray him, referring to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And, Lord, let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came, but let them be blessed by your word and your presence in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Amen and amen. There are some names, John Walker, most of you would not know, but Benedict Arnold, Judas Iscariot. In fact, most people, even if you're not in the church, know the word a Jew. Don't be a, a Judas. You ever heard that? Don't be a Judas. They, they know who Judas is. He's known and understood to be someone who portrayed Jesus. So if someone ever calls you a Judas, they're not giving you a compliment. Okay, so if somebody walks up and goes, hey, you're a Judas, <laughs> thank you. They're not saying something good about you. You know that, I know that, I think we all know that. What happens here on this Tuesday is, is that Judas decides to betray the one that he has been following with actually doing the money for for three years. If we begin to study Jesus and study Judas, you really don't see a lot of interaction. And we'll talk about this more later on. You don't see a lot of interaction between Judas and Jesus. Not only do you not see a lot of interaction, let me say this. You never see where he calls him Lord. He refers to Jesus as rabbi. There are some theologians and scholars who say we don't even know if Really, Judas ever thought Jesus was the Messiah. Good teacher, rabbi, maybe even the one who would bring and come against the Romans, although he said, I'm not that guy. Somewhere in his mind, Judas never seemed to have gotten the memo that he was a son of the living God, the creator of the world, the Messiah that would bring forgiveness and redemption to all mankind. As we look at this story, in fact, if you go look at Luke chapter 22, verse 1, it's kind of the parallel story of this. It says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they may kill him, for they feared the people. The environment of this time is, is they didn't like Jesus. The chief priests and the, and the uh, uh, scribes were afraid of him. Now, they were also afraid of the people. And right now, the people like Jesus. So they knew they had to be careful. They knew that they couldn't just go and kill him. They knew they had to find something against him to turn the people against him. If not, the people would turn against them. So they're looking for some way, somehow, for, in essence, a way to come against Jesus, to portray him. And lo and behold, listen to this. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was named among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he may betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give the money. So he promised and sought, listen to this word here, opportunity to betray to them in the absence of the multitudes. So in essence, Judas has now met with the chief priests, the scribes, and has agreed for 30 pieces of silver to turn over Jesus, to give them reason why to come and to arrest and eventually to crucify 
Jesus. I want to talk to you today about three things when it comes to betrayal. Has anybody ever been betrayed before? Raise your hand. I think most of us have. Some way, somehow, we've been betrayed. Let me ask even a more bold question to make you be honest. Has anybody ever betrayed somebody before? Oh, all of you have. Shut up. Raise your stupid hands. Whether intentional, unintentional, we've betrayed somebody. We've done it. It's been done to us. We've done it to somebody else. And as we begin to look at betrayal, how does it look? What does it mean? And how do we as believers, because let me say this, whether you know it or not, and before we get up on a high horse and start judging Judas, you betray Jesus yourself. Somewhere within your life, something you've done, some way you've acted, something you've said, you betrayed Jesus. What is betrayal? To do the opposite, to go against. Somewhere, somehow, you betrayed Jesus. And as we begin to look here, I want to show with you the three things we learned from the story on this Tuesday, on Holy Week, of betrayal and what it means to us and how we learn from this scripture and apply it to our lives. Number one is this, the beginning of betrayal. The beginning of betrayal, it's our outlook. Listen to what he says. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover, and the chief priests and the scribes saw how they may kill him, for they feared the people. See, instead of the, the Pharisees, instead of the scribes, seeing Jesus for who he was, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, all they saw was a threat. All they could see was their demise. All they could understand was he doesn't see things the way we see things. See, the number one thing that many times leads to our betrayal to Jesus and leading us betraying God is our outlook. For us, some of us, our outlook is, well, God can never forgive me. My sins are too big. My problems are too bad. Not what I've done in the past. We have this outlook that God can forgive everybody else, but God can't forgive us. We've got to change that outlook and understand that we serve a God that loves you, that wants to bless you, that wants to change your life. He doesn't care where you've been. He cares where you're going. Some of your outlook is he's your Santa Claus. You've got this outlook, you make a list every day in your prayer time of what you want from God. The problem is God is not your Santa Claus, he's your Savior. And this idea of me making a list and going before God and asking, that's why I have such a problem with the prosperity movement and all of that, because you take off the idea of God's purpose for your life. Instead, you put on the prosperity for God over your life. Don't get me wrong, I believe that God wants to bless us and prosper us, but I also believe that God wants us to seek his divine will. And when you're making up lists of what you want God to do in your life, many times what you're doing is you're making him your Santa Claus. And can I tell you, your outlook is going to mess with your life because when you don't get what you've been asking for, you're going to think God lets you down when God will never let us down. God will never forsake us. Also, can I tell you why? Because God knows if you got what you asked for, it would be terrible. I would love, love, love to have a Ferrari. Room, room. Zoom, zoom. When I'm here to tell you the trouble I would get in. If I had a car do 200-something miles an hour, I'd try to do 201. God knows me. 
God knows what's best for me. For some of you, the, the outlook you have of God is he's up in heaven just waiting to get you. He's waiting to pull the wings off the fly. He's just, he's just wanting to get you. Can I tell you, that's not the God we serve. We serve a God that wants to redeem you, forgive you, wash away your sins, take away your past. We serve a God that loves you. Many times betrayal comes because the outlook we have of God is wrong. In fact, that's how it began. Listen to this. For they feared the people. Remember, they were looking for a way to get God. Now listen to this. Then Satan entered Judas. Do you hear that? You got the outlook taking place over here. Their view of who God is and who Jesus is. What happened is they created an atmosphere. Their outlook created an atmosphere that then comes over here. This is the way I see it in my mind. If y'all could get in my mind, and you probably don't want to. That they're over here, the scribes and the chief priests, and they're over here talking about how they can get Jesus, and they got this outlook of who he is instead of the outlook of who he really is, and they're looking at Jesus and they're talking about it, and his, their outlook is creating an atmosphere, and all of a sudden you got Judas over here, and he's like, Ugh. the Bible says Satan enters him. To keep from betrayal entering your life toward God, you need to see who God is. Your outlook matters. How you see your God matters. That's why you're in your word. That's why you're on your knees. That's why you're praising God. Because if you will get on your knees, if you'll get in the word, and you'll get to praising God, God will reveal himself to you. Number two, blinded to betrayal. Our oppression. Remember what the Bible said? That all of a sudden, the devil came in inside of him, of Judas. See, many times our outlook then begins to allow oppression to come in our life. Because we don't see God for who he is, who Jesus really is. What we do is then we allow these lies, and lies begin to be oppression. And oppression begins to tell you things that aren't true. And the lies just get worse and worse and worse. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot. And some say Iscariot could be where he was from. There's different theologies of where it is. Some say the word Iscariot may mean liar, who was numbered among the 12. What happens is, is because the outlook of God was wrong, it allowed an oppression to come over. In other words, they begin to believe a lie. The same thing happens to us. That when we betray God, many times it's because the lie that we've believed, the thoughts that we have. Listen, I'm not saying you'll be possessed, which I've met some of you, and I'm not quite for sure you're not. <laughs> not calling anybody name, Mona. Anyway, I'm just playing. But I do believe in oppression. Can I say many times that, that, that depressing spirit you feel, that's the devil? that I'm not good enough and I'll never amount to anything, that's the devil. Can I tell you that many times those lies that, that I can't do it, I don't have the ability, this is the best it'll ever get, I'll never get out of this hole, I'll never get beyond this problem, that's an oppression of the devil that's coming your lie. And many times what will happen is it'll make you portray Jesus instead of letting Jesus take care of it, instead of leaving it in Jesus' hands, instead of letting Jesus take the wheel, you'll portray Jesus. You'll step in front of Jesus. You'll try to do it all yourself. 
Why do I say blinded? Because many times we're blinded to what we're doing. In fact, what happens is they come to the supper table. Remember this, the Lord's Supper? And they're around the, around the table, and Jesus begins to tell them he's going to be betrayed. We know that they don't think it's Judas because nobody looks at Judas. Nobody even thinks it's Judas. What happens is, in fact, some of the disciples say, Lord, is it me? Did I, am I going to betray you? I don't know why my voice is getting higher. I guess when you feel guilty and they're feeling guilty, your voice gets a little higher. Even Peter leans over to one of the other disciples and says, hey, can you find out if he's talking about me? It's funny when things get in your head, Amen. I had something happened this week, and I won't go in full detail, but I got a phone call this week, and man, the devil just really got in my head. And I made a phone call after that, and I just, I let loose on somebody. I said, what is this phone call about? Then I text another guy who's in charge. I said, hey, listen, we need to talk. Call me as soon as you get this phone call. We couldn't, we couldn't connect. If I said, hey, don't call me. We probably don't need to talk right now. It's just best that I think about it. And I freak this guy out, and he's texting back. He said, man, man, I can't. I said, just call me next week. I don't even talk about it right now. And he takes it back and says, man, I can't wait till next week. You've got to talk to me right now. He said, my mind's going wild with me. And I get on the phone and I tell him, I said, well, here's what happened and da-da-da. He goes, <laughs> and he starts laughing. I'm like, man, if you're in my face, I'd, it'd be on like Donkey Kong right now. He said, man, I don't mean to laugh. He said, I had nothing to do with what you're talking about. He said, I thought I'd done something wrong, and I've got all these scenarios running through my mind, and it had nothing to do with that. And I came in, and my wife said, so what was it? And I told her, she said, I told you so. I told you there was nothing there. Well, you know, we let things get in our mind. The problem is they're letting things get in their mind, and the person, and here's the bad part. Jesus said the one that dips the bread in the one, that's the one. They still didn't get it. Oh, where's the bread? And he dips us and still doesn't get it. See, for us many times what we don't realize, what we don't understand is, is that we struggle in our life to see betrayal, that we don't even know we're portraying Jesus. We don't even know that we're letting him down. Why? Because we're not in his word. We're not on our knees. We're not seeking his face. See, one thing we learn is, is if you go and look, Judas Iscariot, there, there's a couple things you need to hear about this. One is, is when they list the disciples, they use, and there's some variation, but normally it's about in the same order. And the order is normally this. Use it's, it's Peter and it's John and it's the brother James's. They're used at the top of the list. You know why? They were closest to Jesus. You know who's always last in the list? Judas. Why? Because he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And because of that, he was even blinded. He was also blinded by the fact that he was greedy that he wanted money, that that's what he, he was stealing. Can you imagine stealing from Jesus? I hate to tell you, some of you are. You ain't paying your tithes. You stealing from Jesus. Pastor, that ain't true. Yeah, that is true. And you're blinded to the fact that it never belonged to you. See, the problem is many times because of our outlook, it allows oppression to come in our life, and we become blinded by the oppression that we're portraying Jesus. When if we had a relationship with him, spending time with him, then everything would be all right and we would have a better outlook of who Jesus is and the oppression would be broken off our life. If you're reading the Bible, he never calls Jesus Lord. He always called Jesus Rabbi. 
In fact, you really don't see really interaction between Judas and Jesus in the Bible. Why? Because there probably was none. Do you think that was Jesus' fault? No. It was Judas. Why? Because when you're doing something wrong, do you want to be around God? If you're doing things wrong, you don't want to be in the presence of the Lord. He was stealing. His distrust that God would take care of his finances led him to try to take care of his own finances. And because of that, God. Mm. Number three. I'll close with this one. Bigger than our portrayal. Bigger than our portrayal, our opportunities. Listen to this. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought, listen to this right here, opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitudes. Can I say this? Throw this in the absence of the multitudes. When you're doing things in isolation, you know you're probably doing something wrong. Hallelujah. When you know you can't tell everybody else, you're probably doing something wrong. Amen. That should have been a sign. At the moment they gave him the 30 pieces of silver, the Bible tells us that then Judas started looking for opportunity how he could portray Jesus. In preparing this sermon, something just stuck out at me. See, even after Judas got the money, even after he agreed to portray Jesus, do you know that he could have gone back he could have changed his mind. He could have changed the opportunities that he took a hold of. Instead of finding the opportunity to portray Jesus, he could have found an opportunity to better himself in a relationship with Jesus. Here's my question. What opportunities are you taking a hold of in your life? What are you looking at in your life and saying, God, I choose you. I choose the godly way. I choose what you desire for me to do. God, I don't choose what is easy. I don't choose what is selfish. I don't choose what is just best for me. I choose what brings glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's the opportunities that I choose. How do I know that there was an opportunity? Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I wish that all, all would come to repentance. I want to throw something out, and I said this a while back, I think in our effusion praise night. For three years, three years, Judas was with Jesus. And for those probably most likely three years, Judas had his hand in the teal. Stealing from Jesus. Why didn't Jesus say, Judas, you're out of here. You ain't no good. You ain't keeping this job. Why didn't Jesus call HR and say, escort him out of the building? And you ain't getting no severance, Judas. You already paid yourself severance. Now, I know what some say. I get it. Because I believe in the sovereignty of God. 
that Judas from the day beginning of the world was destined to be the one who would portray Jesus. I get that. But I just have to wonder for just a brief moment that of all those three years, that probably the greatest optimist out there was saying maybe today. Maybe today. Maybe Judas this time, like the other disciples, as John and Peter would lay on the bosom of Jesus, maybe just this time Judas will come over. Maybe, may, maybe today he'll confess, Jesus, I've been, I've been stealing. Maybe this time instead of rabbi, I'll become Lord. Maybe. And even up to the last minute, I believe, as Jesus said at the table, and let me not forget this moment. He washed the feet of all the disciples. Jesus better than I was. Because at worst, I'd have been squeezing that boy's foot. Are you done, Judas? But no, at worst, I'd have put his head in the water and drowned him. At minimum, I would have tickled his feet. But the Savior of the world, knowing what was coming, still washed the feet of Judas. And even on that moment when he said, the one who dips the bread. I wonder if even then Jesus is saying, Judas, please don't. Don't do it. And here's my belief. Even after he betrayed him and had him arrested, I even still think there was still a chance. See, our sin doesn't separate Jesus from us. Do you hear me? It separates us from Jesus. He's always there. He'll never leave us, nor shall he forsake us. He's always there. But see, what sin does, it causes guilt and shame and condemnation. And because he took opportunity not to do the right thing, but the wrong thing. Judas went and hung or went and killed himself, hugged himself. But I want you to think of that just for a moment. That the very one who betrayed him, Jesus kept him on for three years. The very one that would betray him, he washed his feet. And the very one who betrayed him, I think he still was doing everything to the last moment to get Judas not to do it. I want you to stand with me. I tell you this story of betrayal today because I think probably all of us have betrayed Jesus in some way, some fashion. There are probably some of you here today that even as we speak, you're still betraying Jesus. But there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to change your outlook about who God is. There's an opportunity to break the oppression of the lies that the devil is telling over your life. There is an opportunity today to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, wash away your sins, cleanse you from all impurities, and get your life back on track. For what Jesus would do upon that cross would be to pay the price for your betrayal and your sins and your mistakes. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes.
If you're here and you've betrayed Jesus and you know it, and you want to get things right, raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised, that, Lord, you would cleanse them and purify them of all their sins and all their mistakes. Lord, they love you. They call you, Lord, but they've allowed betrayal to come in their life. Forgive them, Lord, right now, I pray. Cleanse them and purify them of their mistakes, of their wrongs, and draw them unto yourself. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, but I don't want to let this moment pass me by. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is the son of the living God, died upon a cross for you, rose on the third day, and confessed to the Lord of your life. If you would like to give your heart and life to Christ today, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise my hand. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I've got five that have raised their hand. Give God praise. No. We'll take that back. I've got six that have raised their hand. Amen. I want all of you. Not just the six that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud. As six new names will be written down in Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praises. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.